<clears throat> we've all had a life prior to 2024. It's time to get aligned. But what are we going to get aligned to? His word. As that song just said, there is power in the name of Jesus. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. You cannot separate God from His Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. And so we've got to understand that our lives aligned to the Word of God is what produces power in our life. Now, the Spirit of God is the power source, but the Spirit of God cannot operate separate from the Word of God. This is where a lot of people get confused because they believe they heard from God and say, well, the Lord told me this, but it's out of line with the Word of God. God will never speak. He's bound Himself to His Word. He watches over His Word. Now, this is, again, where a lot of times we don't comprehend because you cannot separate God from His Word, guess what? We're made in the image of God. You cannot separate you from your Word. And a lot of people don't understand this. The validity of your life, the integrity of your life. Now, integrity means two things. Uh, from a moral standpoint, integrity is, you know, oh man, they're, they're a person of integrity. Uh, you know, whatever they say they're going to do, and they're always looking out to help somebody else. And you know, we describe this integrity. But integrity also means strength. That Alaskan Airlines flight the other day lost its integrity. Amen. A door flew off. Okay? If you get rust on an airplane, it compromises the integrity of the airplane. Its ability to stand. Your integrity cannot be separate from your words. God is His word. You and I, if you want to know a person, look at their words. Amen. How much does the actions of their life align with their words? Now, I'm talking about the name of Jesus. This is so critical in this realm of the name of Jesus is that everything is aligned with his word. Where we align or realign ourselves into his word, we now have the power of his word. Now, if you ask any Christian how powerful is God, they would say something like, oh my goodness, you couldn't even explain it. He's so powerful. He created the heavens and the earth, everything that we see, created held together by him. And, and they can go on. But why are we not living in that? It's a good question, I think. Well, I've got Jesus in me. How come the power is not in you? Well, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But why does the demonstration of the Holy Spirit not work? Well, I'm spiritual. Okay, I didn't argue with that. But are you the power of the spiritual? Amen. See, because we start dealing with some other elements that are very common to man. Fear, doubt, unbelief. Uh, lack of patience, you know, the consistency to walk in it. And different. There's a lot of things like that that we deal with. And so to be realigned for this time, we align ourselves with his word, with his name, because his name is the covenant. We're going to see that today of his word. So I want to challenge you to open your hearts up for what I'm going to minister on. 
kind of let your religious doctrine drop for a minute and try to see what I'm saying. Uh, because there, there's, there's a level that you and I can live in. I don't know. How many here likes to be discouraged? Oh, nobody. How many likes to be sick? Oh, nobody. How many here enjoys being broke? Oh, nobody. Uh, how many enjoys being depressed? <laughs> nobody. How many uh, likes destruction come to your house, your car, your, your life, your kids? But isn't it amazing we don't like all these things? And his word gives us all these things. And yet we want to we won't realign ourselves with his word or we struggle to realign because of our emotional uh, current state. We, we need to be honest with ourselves. All right. So I talked uh, three or four weeks ago, something like that. And I used the illustration of a power of attorney. Now, we have power of attorneys uh, in this life that we live. And if you understand the element of a power of attorney, you can transact business in somebody else's name with a power of attorney. And so I, I tell the story when um, you know Pastor Harbaugh travels overseas three, four, five times a year. And uh, so he went to a, an attorney and said, I need a power of attorney. So if uh, we need to transact any business, um, my wife can sign for me if I'm overseas. And so he says, OK, well, how far do you want it to go? He's like, what do you mean? He says, well, there's different levels of powers of attorney. And he says, oh, I thought a power of attorney was a power of attorney. No, you you give rights to certain areas. He says you can you can limit her to to, you know, financial transactions or you can limit her to family decisions. You'll say like health care and things like that. Or you can give her the right to put her put you in a mental institution. And he says, well, let's just step one below that one. <laughs> okay, now. The name of Jesus is a power of attorney. Now, now try to link the two together. If you understand a legal power of attorney in our system today, if you have a, a notarized, endorsed power of attorney, you can walk into a bank and pull money out of somebody else's account. They, they have nothing to say about it. You've got a legal right. All you've got to, all you've got to do is show that document that I've got a legal right to sign this document. And I can do it. Okay, wait a minute. The name of Jesus is a power of attorney. He's given us the right to do things in his name. Now, let's be honest again. How many has at least one thing in your life you would like changed? Where there was no, uh, uh, no hands raised last time. Now there was hands raised all over the place and two hands on some. Wait a minute. You have a power of attorney. You've got a legal right to transact the business in his name. Now you come back. If you ask Christians like that song, there is power in the name of Jesus. How much power is in the name of Jesus? All power. But wait a minute. You and I have been given a POA, power of attorney, to transact business in his name. So, so prayer and walking with God becomes a legal. Remember that in the scripture, Peter said, I perceive God is no respecter of persons. Mm -hmm. It's not one person has uh, more favor than another person. It's that one person has more understanding of the power of attorney than another person. 
So now comes down the element of faith. The just shall live by faith. I read it at the offering time. How much faith do you have in the power of attorney? Because if you don't have faith that you can transact it, you are not going to transact it. When you get a position with a company, they hire you, you will understand the extent of your authority within that position. And, you can, and I, I've talked about being in management. When I was uh, working in the financial fields and I was, I was a uh, senior manager you know, over the branches, I knew where the extent of my authority stopped. If I was in, if I was in something where I'm, I'm coming up on the line of my authority, what did I do? It's not hard. Well, I stopped, and then I did something. I called my supervisor, which had a greater power of attorney. Can I go beyond this? So I had a, the person I always talk about that was just like, uh, he sold the two vacuums at a house over in Pixley, and, you know, uh, I mean, he, just, he, just, he was like one of the best salesmen I've ever seen. Uh, he could not pass our employment test. I mean, he failed the thing. It was horrible. And it's like, I could see in him his ability to sell. But I did not have the power of authority to go beyond that test. In order for me to hire him, he had to pass the test or I, I couldn't hire him. My hands were tied, but I wanted to hire him. And, uh, and it, I ended up hiring him and it was a great decision because uh, the first month, he, uh, he, uh, the sales that he made moved us into a higher ranking. I mean, he was just immediate. But I couldn't go beyond that. So what did I do? I called my supervisor, who had a wider realm of authority. His name was Pat. Hey, hey, Pat, this is David. Um, yeah, I got this guy I want to hire. And uh, I, I said, I, I just see something in him. I said, I think he could really sell. Uh, talk, you know, I've interviewed him. This is my third interview. And uh, uh, I, just, I just really want to hire him. He said, well, what's the problem? I said, he won't pass. I can't remember what the test name was, but I said the name. He won't. He can't pass the test. He's taken it twice and failed. I mean, like, miserably. And he's like, well, David, he said, that's a company mandate. Um, I don't even have the authority to overcome that. He says, why don't you do this? Because Pat had a lot of confidence in me. Why don't you sit in with him when he's taking the test and just explain the questions better to him? I said, okay, Pat, on your word, I'll do that. Okay, because now I got a covering. How far can you walk with Jesus? How good is his power of attorney in your life? Now, it's a legal right to use his name, but it's going to take faith in that name, the legal usage of that name, to produce an outcome. Now, the, the, the human nature problem in this is the things that makes uh, fear get created. So in one of these songs, they say, great selection of songs today for my message. In one of these selections of songs, it says, though I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. So now put yourself in that place. You're surrounded by a problem. Well, let's just make it a gang-related problem, because we have gangs here. Everybody understands that. You walk out, you know, of the mall or whatnot, and, uh, you know, all of a sudden you see five guys coming towards you. It's just you. What do you do? Well, first of all, most people's hearts are going to start beating faster. 
trying to figure out, do I turn around and go back? Do I hurry up and get my car? What's going on? And they're getting closer and they're starting to talk to you and everything like that. You know, there's a scripture that says he teaches, uh, how's it go? He, he teaches my fingers to fight and my hands to war. How, how real is that to you? Now, there's some people that one against five, they could do it. You know, martial arts and whatnot, you know, they've, they've trained for it. And, you know, a Navy SEAL, a Army Ranger, something like that, they probably wouldn't be moved. But, but I don't think we are them. So what happens to you, because wait a minute, you've got a legal right to use the power of attorney. Now, we can go back and we can use Dr. Mize's uh, testimony where a guy shot at him five times, point blank, and not one bullet hit him. The guy looked at his gun, dropped it, took off running. Why? Because he's, as, as the, if you've ever heard the whole testimony, as it was going forth, he was like, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You have no right to do this. I have authority over you. You don't have authority over me. And the guy kept telling him to shut up and everything like that. And he's holding a gun, you know, against him like this. And uh, finally, it pop, 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 pop. And nothing happens. He's like, you know, I heard the pop. Throws it down and runs off. But Dr. Mize was more confident in his legal right to use the name than the power of the weapon that was standing before him. See, once we get into this realm of understanding, and, and, and it takes severe training, because if we go to, you may, you may, may not have heard the story, but there was a Navy SEAL that uh, was at home on leave or something like that, and these guys intended to, there was uh, some game-affiliated guys next door, and they were going to uh, uh, break in, but they made a mistake and broke in this guy's house. This was actually a new story. And apparently he had, like, night goggles by his bed, so, uh, you know, it's in the middle of the night. He puts his night goggles on. He looks around. He says, okay, there's like, there's four or five of them. And uh, he broke every one of their knees. Just moved around, broke their knees, put on a pot of coffee. True story. Called the sheriff's department, drank coffee, waiting for the sheriff's to come up. And they're all laying around, you know, with busted knees. Okay, He had, but wait, he was trained to do that. He had skills that he knew how to use. And so he relied upon his training. Have you trained yourself in the word of God to know how to use the power of attorney that was given to you? A lot of people just go to church. They hear, you know, messages and whatnot, but they never apply it. Now, let's go to Hebrews chapter six. Yeah. Thank you. Hebrews chapter six, verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham. OK, and so we're going back to Genesis chapter 12. Well, beyond chapter 12, right around 17. God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Okay, so I made a promise based on who I am. Now, you remember David and Goliath, which I've used in this series many times. When he went out against Goliath, there was no, when he went into the camp and Goliath started, started talking to smack, he wasn't moved by that. He said, hey, what are y'all, what are y'all doing? Well, the king said if somebody would kill him, they'd give him, you know, these prizes. He says, wait, say that again. All you got to do is kill this guy. I'll go kill him. There was no concern. There was no thought process within himself that it could turn out another way. Now, contrast that with us. We battle this. What if? There are no what ifs in this covenant, because if you understand the power of attorney, the legal element of this, God cannot lie. By his stripes, you are healed. 
Now it's only up to my ability to operate on the, the uh, power of attorney to know that it doesn't matter what I'm feeling. This cannot happen. But what may be happening simultaneously is I don't feel good. Now I've got a battle. How I feel and what God said. Let's continue reading. So he swore by himself. When David came out against Goliath, he came out in the name of the God of Israel. He's, he's basing it on this covenant. Saying, surely, blessing, I will bless thee. So, so what is God's opinion of the blessing operating in yours and my life? Surely, I will bless, surely, blessing, I will bless thee. You know how many people are trying to get blessed? You are blessed. We don't understand our legal right to live in the blessing. That's why we're trying to make life work on what we know. And multiplying, I will multiply thee. Look at your life and how much multiplication is taking place versus how much fight to get and overcome something. We're, we're missing out on the legality and the essence of his name. Now, so this is, this is going to, uh, to operate just like Abraham was blessed. We are now blessed, and we're in this multiplying state. So now, listen to this very carefully. The amount of God's goodness and power is in direct proportion to the measure of value that you place on his name. How much value do you place on his name and what does his name mean to you? Now, if we, if we break this down, you cannot separate him from his name. What he did on the cross was such a great price, his death, burial, and resurrection, that he conquered, overcame all elements of death and hell in this earth. Then he, he says, all authority is given to me, Matthew chapter 28, all authority has been given to me, both in heaven and on earth. So there's no authority that usurps his authority, and he said he's given you and me his name. Now, stop and think about when you pray, and you say, in the name of Jesus, at the end of your prayer. Is it habit? Or do you even consider how he, when he died, was buried, and rose again, transacted a legal transaction that gives you the right to say in the name of Jesus about whatever you're praying about. See, most people are just doing it because that's what we do. Some people even divert the legal process and they pray in your son's name. Wait, there's power in the name of Jesus. I want to invoke the name of Jesus because the name of Jesus is my legal standing, my power of attorney, to have whatever I'm praying. Amen. So now come back to the element. Just ask yourself, how many of your prayers do you get answered? Well, I get them all answered. Sometimes God says no. Well, give me the verse where it says God says no. The Bible says his answer is yes and amen. 
So now if, if God is trying to give, and we can, we can go through a bunch of scriptures, I won't turn to them, but he says, if you being a good father wouldn't give your, your child a serpent when they ask for bread, what about me? I'm, I'm, I'm better than you are. I, I'm not going to. You, you look at all the things of this earth. God didn't put it on you. Adam did when he sinned. He gave an unleash to it, but Jesus came back to give us an escape route out, just like in Revelations. Revelations is not a, a scary thing. You find the escape routes out so that you can, you can walk in those. So now most people don't like this kind of preaching because this puts responsibility on me. You know, you would be in that place of me. I'm talking about David. That puts a responsibility on David that I'm going to have to work out my own salvation. We all struggle with something different. Maybe you have no controls on your brain and your, your thoughts just go every way but Sunday. You know, it's just all over the place. It's going to be incumbent on you to gain control, casting down uh, every imagination and bringing captive every thought. Maybe you got a sin issue and you just keep running to sin. Well, you're, you're going to have to put the restraint on you and crucify yourself to come over. We're all, we're all somebody different, and, but, but you're not fighting anything that's different than anybody else. And you've been given an escape route out. It's in the name of Jesus. Now, everything on the God side is vested in his name. Everything that he has done is wrapped up in the name of Jesus. So now i got to come back to my statement. I'll read it again. The amount of God's goodness and power is in direct proportion of the measure of value that is placed upon His name. If I can see that name as my power of attorney for all things, and, and I don't mean academically. A lot of people are living in their brains on scriptures and stuff like that. But if I can get a revelation that legally I have the power in that name to overcome anything that would ever come against me. Now, anything that rises up against me, I'm not moved by it because I've been given authority over it. But you're not going to wake up one morning and, and have this understanding. you got to meditate on this. you got to start putting it in place with everything that comes against you. What is the answer to this problem? What is the answer to what I'm feeling? What is the answer? And the, the answer to that, what is, what is the answer, is found in the Word of God. What did God say about it? And what did He give me the power of attorney in that? So everything, is, everything that has been vested in His name, which is everything, has been given to me. That's the power of attorney. I've been given the name of Jesus. Now, we operate through a power of attorney and faith in the power of attorney. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't know, have you ever signed a contract, bought something, something went wrong, and uh, you, you tried to uh, fight against it? And they said, well, it says here right in the contract that you can't do that. The fine print. They call it the fine print. <laughs> what, what was the problem? We didn't know what our contract said. Now, this is where most Christians live. They really don't know what their contract says. Now, if you know how to exercise the con uh, what's that lady's name? She like floats around, I think, on Instagram. Um, Erica. Is it Erica that talks about, you know, she like has it. She's talking to herself and she's like an airline person. And then she's like a customer. Y'all seen that? Yeah. And, and she'll she'll say, uh, you know, the flight was disrupted or something like that. 
And uh, she'll say, no, you can't do that. You have to pay me. What? No, we'll just get you another flight. No, 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 no. Your contract says down here in this uh, fine print that if you violate this, you owe me this. I want it. And then she'll be the, the customer. Fine, we'll give it to you. How'd you learn this? I listened to Erica. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and but, but what's she doing? She reads the fine print of what they can and cannot do. Do you really know what you can and cannot do to stay in alignment to the Word of God? See, a lot of people know the Bible, but they don't know what they can and can't do through the Bible because they're approaching it on an academic level. I'm not teaching you from an academic level. I'm talking about the spiritual realm. Uh, Jesus said in uh, uh, John 6, 63, my words are spirit and they are life. See, there's a lot of people that have found the words, but they haven't found the life. The life is more important than the words. It's, because that's in the realm of the spirit. So, <coughs> so do we convince ourselves that we live in his power? Or are we honest with ourselves that we're living below his power? Because I guarantee you, every single one of us in here, including myself, we're living below what he's provided for us because we're struggling with things, because we can't overcome things, because we can't break out of self what we want, our, our emotional beings, because we don't really understand what has been given to us. If you understand everything has been given to you and there is no alternative to that fact because he watches over his word to make sure it's performed <coughs> and we're struggling in some realm of life, it's, it's because we don't understand the fine print, the spiritual print. So what ends up being more important in our life, a title or a position? Many people look at that, especially within the church realm. But I'm a fill in the blank. I'm a pastor. That means nothing. I've met a lot of pastors I'm thoroughly not impressed with. <laughs> but I'm a prophet. And? Do you want a title or do you want the power of the attorney? Because in the power of the attorney is the power. M most people, Christians and non-believers, they have more confidence in the dollar bill, which is worth nothing, than they do in the power of attorney. That's why they struggle during, oh, I can't, I can't tithe, I can never make it. Oh, that's Old Testament, I, it doesn't apply to me. No, God called it holy. Give me the verse where he said it's no longer holy. But see, we trust in the dollar more than we trust in what he said, in his name. Even though we sing songs, there is power in the name of Jesus. We really don't believe it because we can't walk or we struggle walking in this word. What about how we feel about it? Well, I just think they're mean. Yeah. God's word dealt with meanness. Walk in love and you'll keep, keep coals of fire upon their head. It's actually found two times in the word of God. Why, why do you have to fix it? Why do you have to give a piece of your mind? You might be running out of pieces. <laughs> Go to John 16. Amen. Praise the Lord. I like this message. I'm encouraging myself. Amen. 
If it sounds foolish to you, the Bible has a, script, has a verse on that. God says to the carnal, it's foolish. The preaching of salvation is foolishness. John 16, 63 says, and in that day, you now the day he's referring to is the day after you know, his resurrection. In that day, you shall ask nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you. So they're living with him. They're walking with him. And hey, Jesus, we need this. Hey, Jesus, can you, you know, my servant lieth at home sick. He says, in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now, many people are praying to Jesus. But Jesus is the intercessor. Amen. We pray to God in the name of Jesus, and Jesus endorses or locks his faith with our prayer and presents it to the Father. Come boldly before the throne of grace. That's the throne of God. And let, make your petition known, and you shall have whatsoever you ask. For whatsoever you ask, the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now we can, we can um, tie in another verse. We won't go there, but it says many don't have because they pray amiss. Everything's in line. It's a legal contract. You can't, it, you notice how if you, you ever watch a court case or something like that, they will bring up, court precedents, other decisions to validate a point, and another person will, will fight that or argue that, that how it doesn't apply. It's a legal system that we're in. So he said, now, if we're praying according to his word, now some people, when they get sick, they will pray, if it be your will, heal me. Well, that's like dumb because we know his will. By his stripes, we're healed. It's the will of God that none is sick, that none should perish. He that was rich became poor that we might be rich. He has no problem with us having more than enough. There's a lot of things we can go to the Bible and we can uh, um, uh, pray according to his will. Now, I, I, when I was in finance, I was being transferred and there's three potential uh, offices that I could take. And I was praying for, uh, you know, office A. It was the biggest one. My bonuses would be the biggest. It would be the closest where I lived. And that's the one I wanted. And every time I prayed, uh, the Lord dealt with my heart that he wanted me to go to office C. And so after, you know, I'm not real smart, but after about the fourth or fifth time, I said, God, I perceive that you want me to, um, to go to office C. So I will, uh, if that's your will, then let it, let it happen and I'll go there. And like the next day, they called me up and said, we want you to take office C. And I'm like, okay. And then like about a week before I moved, it was out of state, about a week before I moved, they said, hey, we've got you going to office C, but we, I had another person aligned to go into office B, but you have more experience uh, from where you said you're going to live. It's the exact same distance. Would you mind taking office B? And without any thought, without any prayer, without even remembering what God said, I took office B and man, I walked through hell and back. In fact, my statement was of this office, if there was a vent that the demons of hell had to go through, it was in this office. I mean, I fought over everything. And then later on, the Lord reminded me, I told you to go over there. And I was over there talking to the manager that they put in. It was a lady. And she says, this is the craziest thing. This office is the easiest office I've ever been in. I don't hardly have to do anything. It just business comes to it. And I said, that's my office. <laughs> it was given to me. Guess who was the problem on me being in the wrong office? Me. I can't blame that on anybody but me. I was not there. Now, so, so we have to understand this because the name of Jesus 
is our power of attorney to stand before God and make our petition known. Now, how many prayers did he say that he would answer? Whatsoever you shall ask. Now, we have in our mentality a secondary thought. What if it doesn't happen? Well, okay, Peter, walking on the water and, and you considered the waves and the wind. As soon as he did that, he sank. But as long as he operated on the word, he was able to walk on the water. Verse 24, hitherto uh, have you asked nothing in my name, or up to this time you've asked nothing in my name. Ask now in my name, inferred, and you shall receive. 40% of the time. No, it says you shall receive, that your joy may be full. So now, there's, there's got to be no room for doubt. And I've told stories about this. There's been a handful of times where I can look back and say there was absolutely no doubt in me. One of them is when I was skiing, my ski broke off and or didn't break off and twisted my knee. And I got up and walked. By the time I was down at the end of the, the mountain, it was totally healed. I've never been to the doctor before at once, never had any problems with it once. Another time is I uh, was going to Russia, and uh, uh, Sergei's talked about his pastor, Pastor Nikolai. Uh, pastor Nikolai and Natasha, they, they met us in um, Moscow, and then we were going to a Rick Renner meeting and, uh, uh, at some place in the suburb of, of like Moscow or something like that. But before I left, I did something to my back. And man, I was just like in pain. But I was locked in that I was healed. Now, I have a pretty high pain tolerance. Uh, and based on the pain that I was experiencing, probably most people would cancel the trip. Said, I can't go because, you know, that nine-hour flight uh, is uh, not conducive to a, a back that's just like in severe pain. And, but, I, but I knew in my heart I was healed. So I went. And in fact, this was the trip that Tammy was with me on. And she can confirm this. I, I bought some of uh, those heat things th so for the airline trip. And uh, I'd put that, you know, where it loosens the muscles and whatnot, and I'd put that on my back, um, you know, on the flight. But I was totally convinced that I was healed. And so um, we got there, and they got us in this little tiny car. And there's like six of them. I mean, we're jam-packed in this little tiny car. And uh, they stop and get gas, and uh, I get out because I need to stand up. Um, and uh, Nikolai says, uh, oh, you can wait in the car. I said, no, i got to stand up my back. Uh, I want to stretch my back, sitting on that flight and everything. Uh, I didn't tell him my back was what was the condition of my back. I just said sitting on that flight and everything. I've been sitting for a long time, and I want to stand up. So I'm stretching, I'm moving, and things like that, and I get in there for the rest of the, the car ride. And then we get into the Rick Renner meeting. I can't remember if it was Rick or the other guy that was preaching, but somebody was up there preaching and says, I just sense in my spirit that there's somebody in here with a hurt back. If you come up here, I'll, uh, I'll pray for you, and we'll believe that it's going to be healed right now. And I'm standing there, Tammy's standing beside me. And, and I, I'm, I'm checking myself because, one, is this for me? Because I know I'm healed. And uh, um, actually, let me pause on that part of the story because before that, we got to the place we're staying. And the staircase that went up into it, you ever seen the stairs on Rocky? <laughs> and the eye of the tiger's playing? And that's what I'm looking at. And I have two bags. And somebody came up to me, oh, you want me to carry your bags? I said, no, I'm fine. And I picked it up. Because healed people walk. And I start walking it up, and I'd stop. I think there was maybe a little landing halfway up or something. I stopped. I set them down. Somebody said, you want me to help you with that? I said, no, I'm fine. And I pulled it up, and I walk it up. 
And then uh, we get into our room and, you know, there's this bed in there that feels like you're laying on a board. And, um, <laughs> and so uh, I laid down. I thought, oh, but that hurt uh, all the other parts of my body. And um, so we went into the meeting and then this thing happening. But I'm fully convinced I'm healed. I'm just waiting for the manifestation of it. And so this preacher says, there's somebody in here with a hurt back. Come up here right now and I'll pray for you. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm judging in myself because I know I'm healed. I don't need nobody to lay hands on me. I'm healed. Uh, I, can, I can transact this with me and God my faith. Uh, but there's somebody calling for it. So is that God letting me know that I don't have the faith? You better get up here. And Tammy hits me and said, David, you going to go up? I said, just be quiet. Because I'm dealing with this thing. And I want to, you know, if I, if I need to go up, I don't have uh, so much pride that I won't go up and get prayed for. But I just... I knew it was a compromise of my faith because I knew I'm healed. And I'm standing there in pain. But it's like, no, I said, it's not for me. It's for somebody else. And, uh, and I stood there. That night, it all went away. See, if you know, now, remember, patience, and then you'll see the promise. There, there's something we have to walk through to see if it's established inside of us. And I, I guarantee you, you don't want to feel that pain that I was feeling. It's uncomfortable. How far can I walk in Jesus with this power of attorney? Praise God. Okay, I'm out of time, and I got like three more scriptures. But praise God, we'll stop right there. I can always pick it up next time.